Welcome to this episode of Same, Same, But Different. I am your host, Claudette Lapitan. Today, we welcome Vinesh Balan, who is a software developer at Iris. Named one of LinkedIn's top voices of 2021, Vinesh has also been working to help migrant job seekers and international students gain skills and develop confidence in the face of the Australian job market. Vinesh, thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Can you start us off by telling us about yourself and why the topic of diversity and inclusion is important to you? It's a pleasure being here, Claudia. Thanks, thanks for inviting me and uh, being a part of this um, uh, podcast. Uh, I've been part of tons of podcasts in the past, but not quite on the topic of diversity and inclusion. And um, it's um, looking back at it, it's, it's such an important topic. So I come from a migrant background. I came here in Australia four, four years ago. I think two years should be cut off because of COVID. You don't, you don't count two birthdays, <laughs> right? So you count two years. That's right. Yeah. So I, I came here four years ago and really struggled with my, you know, settling here and finding that first job. And that's how I started helping the community as well. So I kind of work on the other side of the spectrum. You are an advocate for uh, promoting diversity and inclusion within employers and within industries. I kind of work on the other side of spectrum where I say, hey, this is what's happening here. We have to step up our game or we have to adapt the culture because you're coming in a new country. You have to adapt and work your ways on how things work in Australia. But sometimes it's too bloody hard, right? Yeah. Uh, you try and try and try, but you know the system pulls you down uh, because of tons of various reasons, which I think we'll touch on in our following conversation. So that's, that's when you know I started uh, uh, putting my voice up saying, hey, this is my perspective. I don't know what yours is, but I'm pretty sure mine is very different. Listen, to me. that can be really important. So that's how it started. That's fantastic. Now, I think most of the guests that we have on the podcast become advocates because of their own lived experience, or if they at least are seeing it around them and they want to make, make sure that it's easier for the people behind them on the same path. So thank you for that. You were recently named, and congratulations for this, one of LinkedIn's top voices of 2021. What achievements do you think led to this particular accolade? Simple short story. Yes, please. Share, sharing stories. I was, I, I think I still am. I claim myself as a nobody, right? I'm, I'm just another person that is in this world doing something, some, some random stuff. Uh, but things changed four years ago, like I said, when I was going through one of the darkest periods of my life, I would say. It's not as dark, I would say. It's just job search and the struggles around that. It's dark for me, probably not dark for everyone. So what happened during that time is I was just sitting at home and struggling. I had all this experience with me. I had valid work rights and things were just not working and things started getting really bad. And what changed things for me is just sharing my story. It was a struggle story. Um, normally people think, you know, why the hell would this guy share that he's struggling with job search? And when I shared my story, I was even worried, hey, what would my parents think? I'm sharing this story. Mm -hmm. Tons of questions like that, but that is what made me who I am today. And I always recommend each one of you, each one of you have a story to share. You might think it's not important, but I'm pretty sure at least 
five people are waiting at the point where you were five years ago. You'll help them. At least, you'll, right? You'll, you'll help them not make the same mistakes as you. So unless you're selfish and you want them to make them to make the same mistakes and learn <laughs> the same lessons, why not share your story? It's, it yeah. costs nothing. Um, just sharing your stories can be really valuable. So that's what made me what I am today. And it has sort of changed my life um, in the past four years. But how has LinkedIn recognized that? Is there just so much activity on your page? I mean, I see that people are thanking you on your page for the help that you've given them. But how does LinkedIn notice that? Because I do see there are a lot of people now using the platform to share the stories. Yeah. And I also see on the other side, some people say, oh, it's now turned into Facebook. So you kind of kind of got that medium ground, right? Keeping it professional, making sure it's relevant. But also, yes, I think people are wanting to share and wanting to hear other people's story so how does how did linkedin notice you well i think there are a lot of misconceptions when it comes to linkedin people mm. think linkedin is a place to find a job you're if you're on linkedin and if your boss sees it that's trouble <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that anymore it's uh, that was maybe 10 years ago now it's 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 a more advanced uh, social media platform and with that advancement of course comes in a lot of other Facebook or Instagram sort of stuff. But keep in mind, you keep in control of your feed. If you don't mm. like stuff, just unfollow it rather than exactly right. Them, right? Uh, because in the end, every person is different. A person or an individual working in the fashion industry might post stuff related to fashion. That might not be entirely your forte. And you might be thinking, hey, this is not Facebook. Why is this person sharing posts like this? But that is their profession, right? Yes. You have to respect all sort of professions. And that's why it's important to have an open mind. If, but if you don't want to see, go ahead and unfollow that person. That's mm. it. That's, yeah. that's the end of the story. Now, coming back to your question, as in how does um, anyone notice your stories? I wouldn't yeah. just say LinkedIn. Anyone notice yes. stories? It's, it comes from a place of, hey, your story should be true and mm -hmm. genuine, right? So like I said, the way I started it, I shared my struggles over here. I shared my story of how did I um, apply for a PR? How did I move to Australia? How did my job search begin? And how bad of a struggle it was? And surprisingly, people started commenting on that. Hey, love this content. I'm going mm -hmm. through the same. Or hey, absolutely love this content. I'll be going through this journey in a couple of months. Thanks for sharing this. Mm -hmm. But it didn't stop there. I clearly remember a couple of recruiters who I was chasing for about six months, they wouldn't respond to my calls or messages or phone or emails or anything, which are, yeah, I'm not going to that topic, but uh, <laughs> they reached out to me after seeing my story and saying, hey, I read your story. I just want to check in how things are going. That's it. They did not have an opportunity for me. They didn't have anything. They just want to have a chat with me. I'm like, okay, this is very different, but what changed? <laughs> I, I didn't do anything. And people started calling me up. And that's when I realized the power of your story and started sharing things. So this started in 2018. And I think since 2018, I've shared such stories. I've talked to hundreds of migrants and I've shared their stories. And I've been consistent on that. If you think, hey, I'm LinkedIn Top Voice 2021, I've been posting content more than once every week for the past four years. 
it didn't happen in a day. <laughs> yeah. Right? It's like, oh, this guy came from nowhere. Actually, yes. no, yes. it was not. Yes. Yeah. So it's it's been a long process. Um, it's been at least four years now. And I'm happy that LinkedIn is recognizing what I've been doing and what I'm sharing in the community. And it's it's good. It's good, good, to, good to be recognized. Well, I'm happy for that too, because that means not only are the people in your immediate connection pool exposed to your stories but now even more people will will hear about it and and connect with each other as well as you so that's really exciting what are the top recurring problems faced by people who are seeking out your help and seeking out the same stories as you're sharing so the audience that i work with are primarily skilled migrants or international students and unfortunately they struggle a lot getting into the job market just because of a lack of, I'm pretty sure people in this situation would resonate to this. The term is called local experience. You get rejected because of local experience. You know, you Mm -hmm. apply for a role, the rejection is like, hey, you don't have local experience, so we can't consider you. And that's so frustrating. And it's Mm -hmm. sort of a chicken and egg problem, as in you don't get local experience without a job and you can't get a job without local experience. And it absolutely makes no sense, especially if you're in IT field. And I'm just putting as an example, IT field, mm-hmm. it's global. People from all of, people can work from anywhere, literally, and you're getting rejected based on local experience. It makes yeah. no sense. But worse than that, because of the situation that these job seekers are in, they take literal meaning of it. They think, hey, I can't make a living out here or I can't get a job because I don't have local experience. And then they start saying, okay, can I go volunteer? Can I go uh, doing a part-time or casual job, maybe uh, uh, admin sort of job or a, a casual retailer sort of job? But soon they'll realize that they're getting rejected everywhere. And wow. like, I have so much of experience, but I'm still not getting a job. Did I make a wrong decision? And migration in itself is a massive change. It's a massive decision that you're taking. And when you start questioning that, all all hell starts breaking loose. So that's where I'm coming from. Yes, you can get rejected for different reasons. You can get rejected for lack of technical skills. That's absolutely fine. You can get rejected because you don't have a particular skill. Absolutely fine. But when you're getting rejected because of reasons like, hey, you don't have local experience, that's crazy. So that's yeah, so what... the number one challenge that people are facing right now, or not right now, it's been there for years and years. Yeah, for sure. I remember I'm a migrant as well, but I migrated here, you know, I was five years old when I came here and my parents, had a lot of education behind them and a lot of work experience. I mean, it was hard then for my parents, but it's even harder now. What kind of advice do you give them um, to people in this particular situation? My goal or my advice is revolving around the mindset. You are in a different country. I'm not asking you to change as a person, but you Mm -hmm. have to adapt to the ways of the country. Yeah. Um, You might think, why should I do that? I have all these experience and my resume is gold. Why should I talk to people or why should I go to events or why should I network? Mm. doesn't make sense because I have all this, but you have to realize that you're in a new country and the ways is different here. So you have to adapt. You don't have to change as a person. You don't have to change your culture. You don't have to change your name, but 
you have to adapt on how things work. You have to be more proactive. You have to be more, you have to chase down leads, that sort of thing. Yeah. And my advice is revolve around that. Go and start talking to people. Don't think that I've, I've applied a role online. Now I'll just sit back and relax for, to get that call back, right? Which happens in other countries, in Asian countries, especially you just apply and you'll be spammed. But here mm. it's very different. And yeah. uh, unfortunately you have to adapt. You have to make these small changes like dressing up. I wouldn't say wear a suit. I, I don't think, especially in an IT, it, it depends on profession, but mm. in an IT field, you don't have to wear suits. But mm. that doesn't mean you can wear um, a, a culturally, a very cultural attire. I, I know a lot of people, um, especially I'm coming from India. So Indians, they put their typical Indian attire when they go to interviews. Now, looking back at that, I advise try not to do that. But I can understand why an interview would have like, ooh, what's this? When they come for an interview, right? Is it right? Is it wrong? Nobody knows. But what? How, how can you improve your chances of getting a job? Mm. That that sort of advice is what I give to people. And definitely don't change your name. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. And you yeah. did speak about that. Tell us more about that. Which one? The name? The, the name. Yeah. Is that oh a thing that, um, that people do or want to do or think they need to do? And why? One thing, there's a lot of bad advice going out there. As in people say, hey, change your name. When you come from a different country, names can be complicated. It can be long. It can have multiple syllables. And Aussies pronounce McDonald's as Maccas. They, they would prefer me being V or Vin instead of Vinich. But that being said, a name means something important to every individual. And you don't want to be called someone else. But unfortunately, I've had my own connections experiment with their names and get better responses when it comes to interview calls and that is a reality mm -hmm. it, it is unfortunately a reality but that being said be upfront and say hey, i'm vinish call me as vinish and people would be happy with that people will come back and say you know your name looks complicated can i call you win i'm like nah call me vinish that's who i am to make an effort uh, to do that so stand your ground and say this is what i am and that's what people like don't have to succumb to pressure and i understand that there are plenty of work being done in the field platforms like seed for example they don't give you the name when an application comes through that is a part of i think unconscious bias which is a whole different topic but yes. this is one of those things that our companies are trying to avoid that sort of bias coming into Yeah. Well, that's a real interest to me because that's, like you've mentioned earlier, that's where I'm interested in, in changing the systems that people have to go through. But for you, I find that it's it's a real hard balance there. You know, you're, you're giving practical advice with the reality of things, but you don't want to encourage people to, you know, lose their actual identity and self. And the more people show up as their true selves, the more normal it becomes. So it's quite a fine line there, Vinish. So I'm, I'm pleased that people have you and people like you working to give that practical advice, but also still not saying change your name and you're now V. <laughs> That's really good. What on the other side of things, from your experience, what are workplaces or recruiters missing out on when it comes to the potential of that talent pool that you're working with? Depending on the culture or which country they're coming from, 
the style of work can be very different and, and i mean very different asians particularly are hard working bunch of people but the problem is they might not be so great on the soft skill side of things unfortunately not everyone I'm, I'm, i understand i'm generalizing it's a common theme out there um, I was having a discussion with my team. We are, we are hiring and we were talking about diversity and how to improve the diversity of the team. So um, just as an example, being proactive, picking the phone and having a conversation can improve your chances massively here in Australia. But typically migrants don't do that. They apply and they wait for a call. So when you do that, you're, as an employer, you're missing out on a lot, lot of potential right, or a, lot of, a big candidate market because they just won't pick up the call and make that proactive uh, wow. approach. So those are the things that you can do to improve. Uh, but I think coming back to your question, what are we missing, uh, what, what are employees missing in, as a potential? And I really love the story that I, uh, Chris Lienert, I, I think you know him, uh, he's from IRS as well. He shared this story about, uh, a couple of stories actually, about how Apple Watch um, started with the heart monitor and mm -hmm. you know women were asking where is the period tracker right <laughs> and um, I think the Apple engineers group were all male and they're like why do they need that in the first place so <laughs> that was one example and the other example was the hand wash the automatic hand wash one which I think is a, a very popular one and those those are the glaring examples of what people miss out and when it comes yeah. to a migrant pool they're technically super skilled, I would say, you know. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to put down the Aussie tech market, but Australia in general, especially the tech market, is very slow to adapt. And compared to countries like India, and not advanced at all. I, I mean, yeah. the first differences that I see, internet speeds and internet coverage. When I came to India from here, I was like, uh, this was four years back. Uh, I don't think you get much speed on your phone, for example. Even now, you get on a metro, you get disconnected every now and then. India mm. is way advanced in such things. You know, there, there are tons of examples like that. You look at these talent, they, have, they know really deep stuff and they're hardworking people. So mm. um, yeah. what are you missing? You're missing a lot. But you wouldn't <laughs> know unless you hire people and make uh, something out of that. Yeah, no, that's definitely, well, that's why I'm really interested in changing the systems to take away the human bias. I mean, you know, I know people are well-intentioned, but it's just um, that everyone's coming in with their own um, past experiences and knowledge, and, and we're afraid of what we don't know or understand, right? Do you think in the current market, all this talk of the, a great resignation or a reassessment of employee values and what they're looking for from an employer, Will that positively or negatively affect the talent that you've been working with? I honestly don't think so. It's finally good to be in a candidate market. And uh, I, I know it's not good to say it out loud, but it is good when, when recruiters are struggling. <laughs> well, I, I hear recruiters saying candidates are ghosting us, uh, candidates are taking counter offers. I'm like, Okay, it's good to hear those stories for once. Give them a taste of their own medicine, right? <laughs> I, 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 it's not right, but for once it is good to get those stories. But yes, the great resignation is in because of probably we got a reality check in terms of quote and people started realizing 
there are more important things than just getting into a routine job cycle getting paid and getting stuff done mm. and it's it's for the good i think it's a necessary reset that probably whole of humanity needed at this point of time yes but it's 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 a good change of pace i would say but i'm pretty sure the australian job market is going to go crazy at the moment i also very keen to see how the international international market responds to this change because australia hasn't treated international borders very nicely at all mm. so does australia have the same dream when it comes to international students for example international students yeah. really badly um so will they still come back will they still be flourishing in this economy would be something that would be very interesting to look at and will we hire people that don't live in australia anyway because these people are working virtually from all over the world so it's just it's very it's an interesting time definitely you still look at if you, if you look at job ads this there would still be a clause that you should be in australia yeah they do don't they <laughs> i'm surprised it's not as much as i think you know there so, is it's, it does say option for remote or you know mixed remote but again it's australia's pretty conservative about so, that um this has this this is pre covid and whatever has been happening recently you would very rarely get a call back if you apply for a job if you're not in australia or if you yeah. don't have an australian number you might have a permanent residence um, visa granted but still you won't get when a call uh, because you have to be here that's a norm somehow i mean i don't know who created that hopefully things will slowly change but yeah. uh, i still think um, there's a long way to go in that as well absolutely now diversity and inclusion work and advocacy work like you do it's not an exact science and a lot can go wrong and we can miss the mark and i think it's important to showcase that side of things as well because there's a lot to learn and i want to make sure people are encouraged to go through those tough times can you tell me about a time where you have meant well in your intentions but perhaps missed the mark in your execution oh my <laughs> <laughs> well i think to talk about this i think we should probably touch a bit on unconscious bias yes how bad it is and how how it's ingrained in every individual if you're thinking hey i don't have unconscious bias you're not thinking about you know just to give examples of it i mean i, I can give a funny example and i can give a serious example let me start with a serious example people who dream of moving to australia especially in india i mean that's where i'm coming from the first thing they ask is is australia a racist country that's the first thing they ask i've heard a lot of stories and i'm like um i'm not sure i haven't had really had such experiences here i've had yes here and there a few ones but does that define australia as a racist country i'm not sure and of course mainstream media that's what you saw you know there's one incident and that blows up and hey australia is a racist country suddenly but i would ask you to look back and think do you have such emotions in you in the first place do you not judge say when you see a white person or when you see a black person do you not make judgments on your own and that will be there in every individual and unless you can identify that and make yourself a better person you're not going to understand what unconscious bias or racism is that's 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 a key thing over there sure so, and especially in india there is a lot of racism within 
locations say north indian south oh indian. yes for sure right? yes but mm-hmm. people say hey that's different yeah <laughs> exactly different. it's that's not, not different, different at all right? and that's the exactly the same thing you're getting here so if you say for example go in a very conservative area and you say hey this is this 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 i am believer of this of course you're going to get shot down because of that mm. not shot down i mean you're <laughs> going to get <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> let's be clear with that yes. not necessarily yes. shot <laughs> so keep that in your mindset it's very important to understand people have their opinions there would be people who are very strongly opinionated it could be about anything it's not about uh, color creed it, it could be even about vaccination anything mm. you know it could be it could be a tons of topics so people have their different opinions respect that um that's key now coming to a, a um funny example of what unconscious biases and i like explaining this and a recruiter actually shared this with me so a recruiter might get hundreds of applications in a day and they are going through each applications which is a painful job i agree so uh what he recommends is do not give your full address in your resume full address in door um, street suburb uh, all those are if you are in melbourne just give melbourne and the ex- reason he explained is i might have broken with my girlfriend who lives in that street today morning <laughs> and i would reject you <gasps> because of that right and the own trauma it, yeah <laughs> think of it okay that makes sense for that person yeah <laughs> right he's angry at that moment and he would just reject now nah, i don't want to even hear about that street because we're yeah. humans and we have our human feelings and yeah. experiences right and yeah. that's where you have to be careful that your resume should have not minimal information should not have any information that is irrelevant to your job description yeah don't don't put um you know don't add photos into it that can photos itself can add a lot of unconscious minds don't put um and i know this is funny but this unfortunately happens don't put your marital status don't put your passport number visa number all those things irrelevant on your resume but a lot of people still do that yeah okay. and the reason we ask not to do it is because it triggers stuff like this yeah now uh one of the really painful experience that i had is um my intention is to help these migrants right my to share information that i collate from multiple coaches and recruiters and the experiences from individuals as well so i, I don't know how valid this is anymore it might have been a bit less intense now but a couple of years back there was this concept that a lot of migrants had come in or they share their indian numbers in their resume there there is this concept that if when you're writing a number what do you say you say 0452 or 04 whatever right do not put plus 61452 so the claim was it kind of again unconsciously puts a bias that they they are not in the country they are elsewhere or they are new to the country and they don't know how to present that so i've i've said this in multiple forums multiple recruiters have uh, said me that this is so try not to do that and stuff like that and i put put this post on linkedin unfortunately it got all the negative attention and that's where the point comes nobody likes when the unconscious bias is challenged nobody likes it and nobody will accept it either so i had i don't know four uh, maybe 20 plus recruiters saying if you are saying giving this sort of advice better not to or uh you know if you don't know what you're talking about better not oh, give the okay. wrong information out and all i kept saying is this is what migrants face this is what's happening in ground level if you don't see it 
there is probably a problem in a bigger scheme of things. Give it a thought, right? And that's the level of things that happen. And Mm. unconscious bias can be really hard to challenge. You might say, hey, I'm not a racist. Hey, I'm not judging that person. Hey, Mm. I'm not judging this person. But be open, be aware. And that's when you become a bigger person in the first place. And then let's try and help others see the other side of things. Exactly. There is that, that instinct to be defensive. So I like to talk about three areas of interest when it comes to this type of work as individuals. Um, and I think we've touched on that a little bit. You know, I think it does start with having a look at your own biases and your own um, past as teams and as organisations, what can we change in order to be more inclusive of migrant talent? When it comes to most Australian organisations, I think the term cultural fit has a high value. And I don't understand if if you're heavily assessing for cultural fit in an interview, and then you go and say, hey, diversity and inclusion, it makes, yes, no it makes zero sense. <laughs> it makes no sense to me, right? So that, that's important. I mean, if you're assessing a person on the way they're talking or how they are approaching a particular problem, yes, all of these are important. I agree, all of these are important. But if you're looking for a particular way of how this person is solving or a particular way of how this person is talking, then we have a problem right Mm. then it's not diversity and inclusion and again another perfect example that chris gave last week is how does your job description look like and interesting stats you know uh, women apply for roles if there is a 70 percent plus of match and men apply if it's 30 but if it's even if it's 30 (laughs) men apply for it so of course men gets about more opportunities Mm -hmm. sorry chris if you're listening to this i'm stealing all of your thoughts (laughs) you better be listening to this Yeah, I'm stealing all of your thoughts, but uh, that was a really good discussion last week. So that's why I'm expressing yeah. So it's very important as an individual on a recruiter level, even the phone call that I'm seeing, don't give more priority to people who follow up or call, pick the phone and have a conversation. So as an individual, as a recruiter, as an employer, all of these have responsibilities. You can't just say, hey, I promote diversity and inclusion and say, we have a very good recruitment process. We filter everyone out on the first level based on something i don't know yeah. but it, it's it's a tough line uh, like i said i can't just say go and ask employers hey i have a bunch of awesome people and they turn out to be very culturally diverse and say nah i, I don't think they fit the bill right yeah. it's, it's it's a tough line to take so there's a lot to do but i think the first thing is being open mm. uh, being open that people are different people on the other side is could be very different and being a bit curious of it in a nice way. Don't just ask blunt questions as in yes. what, sort of, what sort of name is Vinesh? Nobody asked that. <laughs> what sort of name is Vinesh? I love it. Yeah. Well, I get it a bit because I've got a French first name and a Spanish surname. And um, although Asian, I've got giant curly hair. So people are always confused as to you know and and no accent apparently so then it's very confusing for everyone judgments aside for a while i know it's hard i know it's very hard uh but have an open eye you know i'll just give you an example so the other day i I put a fence up in my place so the people who came to install it were very loud sort of aggressive but having their fun in their own space but when i look it from here 
they're just having a lot of fun and making a lot of noise. So, so I was a bit, okay, not sure. I, I kind of did not feel safe in that space. But yeah. then I went and had a chat with them. They were super fun. <laughs> okay, did I judge too early? I mean, uh, so being open, right? And Both sides, right? All sides. It's, it's all sides and nobody is perfect. I'm pretty sure I have my set of judgments. I'm, I'm 101% sure I have tons of judgments and everyone of them has. But just keep an open eye and see uh, what is different. Are you judging because your rule book says life has to be like this? Right? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's key, obviously. That's a very good point. What can people do to get in touch with you, Manish, and learn more about the work that you do? LinkedIn is the best place. So I try to be as professional as I can. I've been, you know, formal, right? Okay. So, you know, formal is a big factor. So I've tried to open accounts on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and whatnot, <laughs> but that's not me. Yes. <laughs> I'm a LinkedIn person. Yes. LinkedIn. And, uh, yeah, that's, you can see tons of my contents. Um, I have tons of migrant journey stories on my YouTube as well. So I have over 40 stories over there of people who migrated here and found their way out. So different ways to reach out to me in this digital world is not hard at all. Um, but of course, Claudia, you can forward. Anyway. Yes, I'll share them in the show notes tons. for sure. Well, Vinesh, I'd like to join the many people who you have helped in the journey to find work. And thank you for taking this particular approach to inclusivity and for being an advocate for others. I'm trying to work on the inside and you're working on the outside to try to get people in. I think, you know, the, the gold spot there is when we meet in the middle. So that's really great. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else you've got in store for everybody. Um, thanks for being on the podcast today. No worries at all. It was a pleasure chatting, Claudette. I know both of us can talk for hours on this topic. but uh, Exactly. I'm looking forward to doing that as soon as we're back in the office, Manesh. Yeah, but we have an obligation to our viewers. We shouldn't bore them. So hopefully <laughs> you enjoyed it and uh, let us know what you think about this. Yeah. Thanks, Manesh.